0: <laughs> hello, 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 hello. This is Backwash. I am John from AdamRiff.com, and I am Adam at Zombiologist on Twitter. And assuming this podcast posts on time, the Sundance Film Festival begins this week. And also this week is WWE's Royal Rumble. And we're going to do a Sundance Film Royal Rumble. If you are unfamiliar with the Royal Rumble event, 30 wrestlers enter the ring in intervals of between one to two minutes and eliminate each other until one wrestler is left standing in the ring. And we're going to try to do that with films premiering, well, most of the films are premiering at uh, Sundance this year. I have selected 30 films and we will draw them air quotes randomly discuss them whether we're in or out on them and at the end we should have a short list each of us which we can compare and then crown a bell of the ball our must-see film at sundance this year sounds good film number one the land as in cleveland four teenage boys Devote their summer to escaping the streets of Cleveland, Ohio, by pursuing a dream life of professional skateboarding. But when they get caught in the web of the local queen pin, their motley brotherhood is tested, threatening to make this summer their last. They discover a bag full of pills, sell them, and get caught up with chaos. The local chaos drug, drug queenpin, yes. and drugs. Drug queen pin. Yes. This reminds me of. The film "Dope," which I think premiered at Sundance last year, teenagers discover drugs, sell them, and get caught up in stuff.
1: This seems like it's probably a little and, bit more serious in nature, though. Yeah.
0: Well, it also st- it it stars well features Erica Badu, Machine Gun Kelly, who is from Cleveland. Michael Kenneth Williams, Omar on the Wire. So that could go either way with those cast members, right? But I gotta say, this is a film I will see. But if I, I'm out.
1: You're out on it. You're you're gonna see it, but you're out on it.
0: Yeah, it, this is not going to This is not going to be my winner. So I'm here.
1: Okay. Well, in this whole process, log lines are always a hard sell on me because. It's just not enough to know what it's really like. And I obviously, I haven't seen a trailer for any of this. Have you seen a trailer for any of the movies we're about to see or about no, to list because off? because
0: most of them, um, almost all of them are premieres. There are no trailers. Sure. We're just going by uh, a still or two, uh, or in our case, just the synopses sure. that Sundance provides.
1: I This looks interesting. I think uh, Michael Kenneth Williams is probably the only draw when it comes to actually who's starring in it. I don't know. Eric well, Badu certainly could be all Moises right.
0: Is Arias, who was on Hannah? Was he on Hannah Montana? He was also in George's film, The Kings of Summer. He was. Oh.
1: Biagio. And he's one of the kids.
0: Yeah, He's one of the skateboarders.
1: Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I'm in on this one. All right. For Michael it's Kenneth on. Williams, basically on, on that I'm alone. Sure. Yeah. So.
0: All right. Film number two, The Fits. Tony, an 11-year-old tomboy, trains as a boxer at a rec center in Cincinnati's West End. So last film was in Cleveland. This one's in Cincinnati. She becomes fascinated by the dance drill team that also practices at the rec center. She eventually joins the group, rehearses the routines, befriends some of the girls. But when members of the tight-knit group start experiencing mysterious fits of shaking and fainting, Tony's desire for acceptance becomes complicated. (laughs) So this is a film where I need more information.
1: Yeah, based on that, it seems strange.
0: Like, yeah, it's very strange.
1: (laughs) It's a weird cell, to put it that
0: way. And it says it's a psychological portrait. So I I assume it's serious and it's not like a, a horror film where girls start having shaking and fainting spells but what does that entail to me that that could be
1: horror like it's it's hard they're not very clear here
0: so because i need more information i'm out
1: i'm out on this one as well i think that's an easy call i and and just it doesn't really entertain it, it doesn't entertain me to see dance i mean there's just nothing there for me I
0: I need more information yeah I'm out on that one okay film number three South Side with You chronicles a single day in the summer of 1989 when the future president of the United States Barack Obama wooed his future first lady on an epic first date across Chicago's South Side (laughs) so it's uh, Obama prequel I think I'm out on this
1: one just I'm not interested
0: Why is this a film? (laughs) And according to Sundance's notes, the director is currently writing a film for Pixar. But uh, yes, I'm out to not. Yeah, I probably I probably just won't see this film.
1: Yeah, I'm not interested.
0: Okay, film number four, The Greasy Strangler. This Los Angeles tale follows Ronnie, a man who runs a disco walking tour. I don't know what that is. Along with his browbeaten son, Braden, when a sexy, alluring woman named Janet comes to take the tour, it begins a competition between father and son for her attentions. It also brings about the appearance of an oily, slimy, inhuman maniac who stalks the streets at night and strangles the innocent, soon dubbed the Greasy Strangler. And it's described as both a slasher film and a father son comedy. And features a lo-fi score by Andrew Hung of the band Fuck Buttons. And it's produced by... Uh, among its producers is Elijah Wood, Tim League, who is behind the Alamo Drafthouse and Fantastic Fest, and Ben Wheatley, the director of Kill List and High Rise, etc. So it's it seems like a... Um,
1: a genre piece. <laughs> did what is is it? Did it say the time period? Is it like eighties uh, or? I think it... it's.
0: I think it's contemporary.
1: Oh, okay. Because I'm looking I, at I, I'm looking at the poster here on IMDb, and it just kind of has a. That's just the poster, though. It just has a retro vibe to it, so I was wondering.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to make of this.
1: Um, I I think the name sounds hilarious, and. I, I think I'm in on this one. This could go so wrong. Like those involved, I don't know. The sound, tr- the the score could be cool. All right, greasy. Strang- I think I'm the Greasy Strangler sounds is yeah. a stupid name. I think I'm I'm in. I'm in on it.
0: I'm tentatively in on this. All right, so it's uh half-hearted in. <laughs> all right. All right. Number five, Brahmanaman when Bangalore University's Misfit quiz team manages to get into the national championships, they make an alcohol-fueled cross-country journey to the competition, determined to defeat their arch-rivals from Calcutta while all desperately trying to lose their virginity. So it's an Indian... Road trip movie? Sort teen of. Teen comic, right? Okay. okay. What's interesting to me is that the director is Q, who... um Directed a film called *Gandu*, which it translated as "asshole," and that film it took me a while to find. Is there's explicit sex, there's drugs, there's rap music. It's unlike any Indian film I've seen. It's not what you think of when you think of Indian films. And now he d- he does that film, this this *Enfant Terrible*. And now he's doing a, a teen comedy. So are they bank,
1: are they banking on uh, pulling some of his?
0: I, it, it's weird. Like I, I'm curious to see how he handles a a teen comedy after that that first film, which is just like kinetic and it's a very music video ish. Sure. Well, now see now that you've given me more information,
1: I don't know. I think I'm well, out. I think I'm out on this one just based on It seems I'm, like it, it might just be a lame teen teen comedy with it, an explicit edge maybe but that's This is one where you could in. tell
0: immediately from a trailer but we don't have a trailer. Yep. So I'll I'll say I'm in. You're in on this one. All right. Film number 6, The Lovers and the Despot, following the collapse of their glamorous romance, a celebrity director and his actress ex-wife are kidnapped. By movie-obsessed dictator Kim Jong-il, forced to make films in extraordinary circumstances, they get a second chance at love, but only one chance at escape. And this is a documentary film, so it's a true story. Oh, it is. According to the notes, this couple, they were the Brangelina of 1970s South Korea, and this film includes rare clandestine audio recordings of Kim Jong-il discussing his plot for a cinematic paradise. I... I'm, I'm in. I didn't realize I'm, it was a documentary. Yeah, which is he seriously in, like he,
1: he kidnapped him? Are these people like still alive and stuff? Or We don't know.
0: I, I'd have to do more research. I mean, sure. it's a true story, right? So yeah. they're either alive or dead. Huh. Well,
1: now that now that you've said it's yeah, if that's a real thing, I think I'm in on this one.
0: This is very intriguing to me, so I'm totally in on this one.
1: It had it had you not uh, confirmed that it was a real, it sounded kind of lame, but.
0: Well, no, no, no. Even if it was fictional, I would see it. I like the idea of just Kim Jong-il kidnapping a film director and and an actress and forcing them to to make films for him. Number seven, The Lure. Two mermaid sisters who end up performing at a nightclub face cruel and bloody choices when one of them falls in love with a beautiful young man. The more cunning Golden who cannot escape her bloodthirsty nature and assimilate... Worries that her sister's relationship will doom their shared dream of swimming to a new life in America, and it's described as a 1980s set musical horror film. And it looks like it's Polish. Yes. I'm on the fence here. Just mermaids. I I can't get into mermaids. Well, I'm confused uh, because
1: this doesn't take place in the water. Like, are they in a tank?
0: I, I've seen a still where one of them is in a bathtub. So I don't know how they get around, but they're, it seems you know, they're limiting.
1: Probably- it seems limiting as, uh, as they're mermaids.
0: And then you know, it always raises the question of like, how does how does it how does a dude have sex with a mermaid, right?
1: Well, I don't know. The like, top the, the top half the top half has to be a fish, not the bottom half, I guess.
0: Right. So the description suggests that there's some blood in it, which <laughs> which I'm down for that. But the mermaid thing is just a, a turn off to me, so I am out on this. I am out. I'm out as well. Film number eight, Joshi. Josh treats what would have been his bachelor party as an opportunity to reconnect with his friends. So he or his engagement is broken, but he keeps the bachelor party reservation. And it's backed by a score from Devendra Banhart. It's from the co-writer of I Heart Huckabees. And the bachelor party is played by Thomas Middleditch, Adam Pally, Nick Kroll, Brett Gelman, and Alex Ross Perry. So this is such a prototypical Sundance film: white dudes with white people problems. But that that cast is stout.
1: Well, and then if you look even deeper, like Jenny Slate, I'll She's probably
0: the the, the 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 ex-girlfriend.
1: Well, it could be Allison Brie too. Yeah, I think I'm in.
0: The, the thing with these films are they always play well at Sundance, and when you see them outside, like every year, you get these like films it starts jake johnson it starts aubrey plaza and they're very hit or miss yeah very very rarely are they actually
1: do they actually end up being any good that cast i'm i'm in on this one i have a feeling though it's probably not as good as it this the slate of actors in it you You convinced me to to
0: see a nick roll film oh god toronto with you know joel McHale was in that one yeah that that was was bad it was mediocre yes that one was not good so no that cast was that adult beginners yeah
1: yeah that one that was Mm. no good that was that was not a good movie
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm out on this one all right well i'm in all right so number nine dark knight n-i-g-h-t not batman Dark Night enigmatically unfolds over the course of a lazy summer day as it traces the events leading up to a mass shooting in a suburban multiplex, abandoning the narrative confines of the true crime genre. The story is told through fragmented moments from the lives of several characters who f- whose fates are tragically intertwined. So it sounds like that film Elephant, which... That was was that uh, Gus Van Sant, Yeah, which led up to Columbine. I don't know. I'm out. I wonder, like, this doesn't sound like a, a film to me. Well, just,
1: I guess depending on how it's actually, because it's saying it's.
0: So it says, like, you're going to follow over the course of one day from sunrise to midnight, six strangers, the shooter among them.
1: That's executed well. That m- it might make it kind of good. I, I'm just not sure how interested I am in
0: seeing that. I don't know. In or out? I'm out. All right. <laughs> All right. Number 10. This is a short film. All I have is when Dusty masturbates for the first time, something terrible happens. I saw a still of this short film. It's 20 minutes, so it's not that short. But I saw a still of this with what I assume is Dusty and his father sitting in an emergency room. So I think the something terrible happens to his mother. Uh, I'd need more. I'd
1: need more. (laughs) Yeah. And at 20 minutes it have to be I mean, really with, with, with,
0: with, with that concept, I don't think you can go very long, right? Mm-hmm. This is like a TBD, so it's a TBD out. I'm out. All right. Number 11, Tickled. After stumbling upon a bizarre competitive endurance tickling video online wherein young men are paid to be tied up and tickled, reporter David Ferrier reaches out to request a story from the company, but the reply he receives is shocking. The sender mocks Ferrier's section sexual orientation, and threatens extreme legal action should he dig any deeper. So, like any good journalist confronted by a bully, he, just, he does just the opposite. He travels to the hidden tickling facilities in Los Angeles and uncovers a vast empire known for harassing and harming the lives of those who protest their involvement in these films. The more he investigates, the stranger it gets, discovering secret identities and criminal activity. And <laughs> this is a documentary, and like the Kim Jong Il one, I am so in on this one.
1: I think I'm in on this too.
0: Just the synopsis is bizarre. And
1: it, it, it all starts it, it, from it, it, a tickling yeah, it video. T- this,
0: you know, what, this this sounds like catfish.
1: Yeah, no, I think but, this. I think this sounds really interesting.
0: like what 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 he uncovers is a little more interesting than catfish. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. God, I think I'm in on that one. All right, number twelve. Kate plays Christine. This is a documentary. that, Well, they call it a psychological thriller, but it's also a documentary that follows actor Caitlin Scheel as she prepares to play the role of Christine Chubbuck, a Florida television host who committed suicide on air in 1974. Christine's tragic death was the inspiration for Network, and the mystery surrounding her final act haunt Kate and the production. So from what I've read, this is a... Notable incident: yeah. This Florida television host shooting herself on air, and I don't know why she's playing this the role of this. Like, why why is she playing this role?
1: What what is it for? Yeah,
0: what, what is this play where s- someone decided to to dramatize this uh, depressed television host's on air suicide? Mm. Well. Uh, well Okay, so I can. I'm gonna say possibly. This is. I'm gonna put this on my list, but it's like a. It's not a buy or a sell. It's a hold. I would say that's that's my, that's my call on it too. All right, number (laughs) thirteen. It's another film about this Florida television host who who committed suicide. This one is a. A narrative film, not a documentary. Uh, 1974, a female TV news reporter aims for high standards in life and love in Sarasota, Florida. Missing her mark is not an option. The story is based on true events. <laughs> two films. Yeah, two in a row. Yeah. Uh, This one is from Antonio Campos, who directed After School and Simon Killer. If uh, you've seen those, those are very dry, dark films. And... I can see why he was attracted to this story. See, I think as a companion piece for the per- the
1: previous one, the Kate plays Chris- Christine, I think together these might be interesting to me. Because obviously there's some overlap here. And the girl that's playing Christine in the other one isn't... I mean, that has nothing to do with this one. It's not like...
0: Yeah, but, uh, so- I was thinking, like, is is the documentary about this film?
1: And but, it's not.
0: <laughs> so there's a a deep fascination with this Christine Chubbuck. Yes. If there's a there's a play and there's a documentary and then there's a narrative film about her. Normally this wouldn't interest me, but the director intrigues me. So I will be I'll be in on Christine. Okay. I'll be in on both of them. Yeah, and see that
1: having not had this as another companion to, to, to see an actual the different like version of this, apparently somebody really wants to tell this story. Multiple people do. So I'm going to be in on this one too.
0: Number 14, Operation Avalanche. In 1967, four undercover CIA agents were sent to NASA posing as a documentary film crew. What they discovered led to one of the biggest conspiracies in American history. Suspicions are brewing within the CIA that a Russian spy has infiltrated the inner circle of NASA in an attempt to sabotage the Apollo program. Two young agents from the CIA's AV department present a plan to expose the mole, and the supervisors reluctantly agree they go undercover as filmmakers. These crack agents uncover a conspiracy far more shocking than Soviet spies. The government is hiding a dark secret about Apollo, and the White House will stop at nothing to silence those who discover it. So... I wish this was a documentary, but it is a narrative film from the team behind The Dirties. Did you ever see it? I never ended up seeing it. I know I know of the it. The Dirties is um, about high school students who are bullied and make a film about getting revenge. And it spirals into a school shooting. That film's like okay. I wouldn't say it's like good, but it's between okay and good. It's somewhere in that level, and this is a completely different story that they're telling now. You're right.
1: It certainly sounds a lot more interesting if it was a real thing or based on some real, more real events. The
0: the, the thing about the synopsis is this secret better be, you know.
1: Everything hinges on well, what what does that mean? Like what is? Yeah, it? like. And if because
0: like, the, the, the premise isn't bad, it's just whatever the secret is. It, it better be good or else, yeah. And there's oh, and, I don't know.
1: And there's nobody really in this that you know.
0: Well, it's, it's basically the filmmakers playing the characters, right? Sure. Very, very indie, just like they did in The Dirties. Yeah. Uh, I got to say I'm out. Of this. I'm out too. All right. Number 15, Halfway. We're breezing through this. Lo and behold, Reveries of the Connected World. This is a documentary film from Werner Herzog about the internet. Society depends on the internet for nearly everything, but rarely do we step back and recognize its endless intricacies and unsettling omnipotence. Herzog documents a treasure trove of interviews of strange and beguiling individuals, ranging from internet pioneers to victims of wireless radiation whose anecdotes and reflections weave together a complex portrait of our brave new world. <laughs> I am really in on Herzog the, 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 explaining the, cell the internet film, to me. Yeah, the cell this film is, because like, like, if, if Werner Herzog wasn't involved...
1: No, this sounds, this sounds bad. It sounds
0: it's, Yeah, it's, I feel like I, th- this has been done before. A, a film about how, how dangerous the internet can be. But I, I want Herzog to tell me about the
1: internet. I need to know yeah. what he's got to say about it.
0: I'm yeah, so
1: I'm definitely in on this one. But you I mean, right. it, 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 I'm in,
0: but it's I'm in, but it completely hinges on the fact that it's this is a Werner Herzog film. Yep. Number sixteen, Goat. Reeling from a terrifying assault, a 19 year old boy pledges his brother's fraternity in an attempt to prove his manhood. What happens there in the name of brotherhood tests both the boys and their relationship in brutal ways. It stars Nick Jonas, who also played a uh, frat brother on Scream Queens, and it was co-written by David Gordon Green, and it's from the director of Darkon, a documentary about LARPing. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Saw that a long time ago. This is also an adaptation of a book, which I read years ago, and I don't remember anything about it. So. <laughs> I think I'm out on this one. Not interested in...
1: Nick Nick Jonas is not a sell for me. Well, I mean, he's the only star. I mean, I don't want to hinge it on like that alone, right, but right. I, I just don't. I don't feel like the the synopsis doesn't grab me. And David Gordon Green is way more miss than hit for me, so his
0: involvement is is a, is kind of a negative. I'll probably see this. I feel like I think this is also a true story, by the way. I th- I feel like fraternity stories typically the same. <laughs> I'll see it, but I think I'm out. All right, number 17, Halal Love, and then parentheses, and Sex. Four tragic yet comic interconnected stories come together in this film, which follows devout Muslim men and women as they try to manage their love lives and desires without breaking any of their religion's rules. One of the stories, Salim's exhausted wife, Awatev, starts grooming a potential second wife to help deal with his nookie demands. That that was in the synopsis put it that way yes yes
1: it's one of the tragic yet comic stories it doesn't sound uh funny to me and the tra- the tragic portions don't sound that interesting i think i'm out
0: this is something i would like fill time with Some- I-, I feel like it would play better if i was more familiar with muslim culture
1: that's yeah just i don't know enough to maybe understand the movie, I might be lost on me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm out, too. All right, number 18, Slight. After a young street magician is left to care for his little sister following their mother's passing, he turns to dealing drugs, but he quickly runs into trouble with his supplier. What is it with these teenagers? Uh, Teens and their drugs. Yeah, dealing drugs and running into trouble. When his sister gets kidnapped, he must rely on his smarts and sleight of hand to save her. So I am... One hundred percent in on this. Is it because of the magic? I love, I love. You. Yep. You know I I haven't seen now you see me. Is yep. that yeah? But I imagine it's similar. Like they use magic to steal to steal stuff. I think it's the only draw to me. It could be. Oh, I I, I love stories about grifters and men. and you know here you have a street magician street magic to. Get the best of drug dealers. I'm in, I'm in on I, this. I, I think I'm in as well. It sounds It sounds all right. Number 19, 31, from Rob Zombie. 31 tells the story of five carnies in 1976 kidnapped on the morning of Halloween and held hostage in a remote industrial hell. While trapped, they are forced to play a violent game called 31. The mission is to survive 12 hours against an endless gang of grease-painted maniacs. <laughs> So it's like carnies trying to stay alive against clowns, well, killer clowns.
1: Well, why is the game called 31 if they only need to survive because 12 hours? I think like,
0: isn't Halloween October 31st? Sure. Oh, okay. On the morning of Halloween. Okay. I... So I'm conflicted about this because I've gone on record saying that I love films about game shows and, and, and games like this. But... I don't love Rob Zombie's film. I, I think so I'm he, out on he, this. He wrote this.
1: Mm. It just—it doesn't sound that good. I think I'm out.
0: Uh, I will be in on this.
1: You know, if this was like, if I was ten years younger, I'd probably be kind of, kind of, kind of stoked for this one. But no, <laughs> not anymore. I've grown the, up. I don't know. I, I love, I love game
0: show films, All right? All right. Well, you can All report right. back on that one. All right, number 20, Skyladder, the art of Sai Guo Chiang. Having reached the pinnacle of the global art world with his signature explosion events and gunpowder drawings, world famous Chinese contemporary artist Sai Guo Chiang is still seeking more. We trace his rise from childhood in Mao's China and his journey to attempt to realize his lifelong obsession, Skyladder. Are you familiar with? Sky ladder? No. I'm looking up at like, stuff right now. It's like he creates a ladder in the sky with fireworks. It's like a a la- you know, it's you know how like fireworks can do shapes and stuff? Yeah. And so I Googled this. So the sky ladder looks like a ladder in the sky, but created with explosives. So Sai Guo Chang is most famous for the opening and closing ceremonies of the Beijing Olympics, the unforgettable ceremonies and verite footage of his artistic process culminates in the his real his final realization of a lifelong pursuit. why is this his lifelong pursuit? Skyladder. a visionary explosive event that he pulls off in his hometown in China after 20 years of failed attempts this is a documentary obviously. Could we not just look skylighter up on YouTube? you can look at you can look Skylad- well, I think like,
1: I mean, I hate to undermine all the work that was put into this film, but I think you could probably get the result that That's you're true, looking but <laughs> for if, if
0: you if you if you just want to see the sky ladder. Well, what's the I
1: name of the movie, I, I, buddy? Have did you seen the picture going, of it? Did, did, some, did you Google it? Did yeah, you see the picture? Of the I sky did. Ladder? I did. It's like
0: it looks like a ladder in the sky. Right? It,
1: it is interesting. I'm actually quite curious how they produce that with with fireworks. I mean, it does look kind of neat. Hmm. But I'm not sure how this is.
0: This could Someone's be a really name. interesting documentary, or it could just be like an, an art documentary. Well, if like he's something, a, something you'd show in a museum.
1: Yeah, and if he's like an interesting character, which he might be, seems like he has some interesting stuff. I've seen some of his art, like this tiger thing with all the with all the arrows in it. I've seen that before. I think that's pretty cool stuff. But
0: I, is is it cool
1: art? I, that was I, that looked kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know anything about this guy. And the sky ladder seems like a strange.
0: It's a very like,
1: like the culmination of his life's work is this firework ladder that I can look up on YouTube. It's it's falls a little flat conceptually to me to make the movie interesting. So I think I, I'm going to I, I think I'm going to be out.
0: Uh, I'll be in.
1: It could be a surprisingly interesting movie, though. I, I mean, there could be yeah, just, something there just
0: going through this, like the documentary slate at Sundance, the Kim Jong Il one, the tickled one. It's strong. The, the I, woman who shot herself on air, and then the skylighter sky Skylighter guy. It's it's strong. There's lots of
1: there's there's lots of good documentaries. It sounds like I'm out on right, this one though.
0: Right. We're we're entering the 20s, which is where heavy hitters usually enter during the Royal Rumble. And So 21 Green Room, this wickedly fun horror thriller tells a story about the owner of a neo-Nazi club. Who squares off against an unsuspecting but resilient young punk band after they witness a horrific act of violence? It's Jeremy Saulnier's follow-up to Blue Ruin. Have you seen that? Nope. Um that's a pretty confident horror thriller. And you're you're high I, on this movie, aren't you? Yes, I I did I have seen this film. This oh, is you've, not a this, premiere. Oh, you've seen this one. Um, okay. This uh I saw this at the Toronto International Film Festival and it's it combines a bunch of stuff that I I love. I love punk. I love neo Nazis. I love <laughs> violence. You, you might want to rephrase that. No, no, I do. I, I I'm also on record as saying I love not Nazi stuff. Neo Nazis, skinheads. I'm fascinated by them. By the
1: world and the culture of yes, not being and involved so, in it,
0: right? No, <laughs> no. I'm just fa- <laughs> and even then like. I'm kidding. How, how, how am I gonna? How am I gonna be in uh, Yeah, I'm not. It's not. Yeah, I think this is. The, I think Green Room was the best film I saw in 2015.
1: Okay, and I've heard it's positive very, things about it.
0: It's very confident, it. confident, and the description. It's basically this this punk band. They're looking for gigs. They get hooked up with a gig at this neo-Nazi compound in the in the Oregon forest, and they play in the afternoon. And then they walk into the green room of the venue and they see something they shouldn't have and then they're not allowed to leave. And then it becomes sort of like Patrick, Patrick Stewart plays the neo-Nazi leader and it becomes just this battle of surviving because the neo-Nazis want to just deal with the situation, quote unquote. And it's It's funny. <laughs> It's it's uh, unexpected. Uh, yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely in on this one. But I'm in on it, but I don't think this can win because I've already seen it. We should give the nod to something. Yeah, I'll I'll some- say I'm
1: in, but we'll take it off the uh, yeah the final right. conclusion. But
0: Just- you should see Green Room when it uh, opens in I think April. Perfect. All right. Number 22, my favorite number, Oh, uh, another short film, 23 Minutes, Dinner with Family with Brett Gelman and Brett Gelman's Family. That's the name of the, the short film. Brett Gelman throws his parents a dinner and tribute for their 40th anniversary with the help of legendary actors Tony Roberts and Patti LuPone. The evening soon unravels into a mind-melting comedic orgy of psychological torture and fam- family dysfunction. It's directed uh, by Jason Wolliner of Human Giant and all sorts of alt comedy and, and mainstream comedy entertainment. And it's produced by Tim and Eric. I'm sh- I'm sure you already know where I stand on this one. But... Are you a yes? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely a yes on this. I love Gelman. He's the uh, best. Yeah. This made me think of, did you ever see 1,000 Cats? Mm-mm. Right. I think my first experience with Brad Gilman, he did this, it's like a 10 minute short film for the HBO short lived, funny or die show. And it's, it's called the thousand cats. And he comes on stage in like this theater, like a, a, like a play theater. And he starts singing about 1000 cats, but it's like cat number one, cat number two, cat number three. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And of course, eventually they start skipping numbers but i think hes he sings about like fifty cats in a row, and that blew my mind and if this is any if this is just half as good as a thousand which a thousand cats is on vimeo by the way if this is half as good as a thousand cats yeah um I'm gonna say I'm in on this all right by the way, Tim and Erics to be producing everything like. they're they're hitting a high
1: percentage right now, lots of good yeah. stuff i'm I'm glad they're uh Successful outside of their stuff, yeah. which is which is good because I think they've run their course.
0: All right, number twenty three. Morris from America. Thirteen year old Morris, a hip hop loving American, moves to Heidelberg, Germany, with his father. In this completely foreign land, he falls in love with a local girl, befriends his German tutor turned confidant, and attempts to navigate the unique, unique trials and tribulations of adolescence. I should note that Morris is black. I don't like this. This, it, in on
1: this. this isn't a foreign foreign film, right?
0: It's uh like a, I think it's like U.S. slash Germany because okay. they 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 went to Germany to film this. Okay, I think this is the type of film that that wins awards at Sundance. Is this like a serious. Is this a serious film? You no, think? no, no. It's like uh, I think, a, I'm free association is me and Earl and the Dying Girl, right? Uh, okay, something like that. That's what I imagine it's like. I think I'm in on this one. I'm gonna take this one, and I'm going to eliminate the brahmanaman the the indian teen comedy if i'm if i'm taking one sort of uh bildungsroman one teen story i'll take this one well slight's a little bit teenish perhaps i'm not getting rid of slight because it has magic in Uh, it both are black leads right black kids okay number 24 captain fantastic Deep in the forests of the Pacific Northwest, a father devoted to raising his six kids with a rigorous physical and intellectual education is forced to leave his paradise and re-enter society, beginning a journey that challenges his idea of what it means to be a parent. The father is played by Vigo Mortensen, and the film is written and directed by Matt Ross, who plays Gavin Belson on Silicon Valley. Well, vigo has got a
1: pretty sweet beard in this shot I'm looking at right now.
0: The the still if you can if you if you find it online, it looks like the partridge family. A little bit. I don't know what to make of this. It it It, doesn't sound like a comedy. It sounds like a drama.
1: (sighs) It seems like he, you know, it's a bunch of kids that probably aren't accustomed to the normal world, and is that where? And and
0: I I like stories like that of 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 kids sort of shielded from the world. But I'm I'm out on this.
1: Hmm. I got to start saying no to more stuff, so I think I'm out on we'll, this. We'll one. We'll start
0: calling it. A bit. Yeah,
1: I think I'm out on this one though too.
0: Number twenty five, Wiener Dog. Wiener Dog tells several stories of featuring people who find their life inspired or changed by one particular dash hund. I don't even know how to say that. I, I'm not a dashend. Dash hund. A dog. A dog. A yeah. Wiener dog. Yeah, a Wiener dog. It seems to be spreading a certain kind of comfort and joy. The dog starts out teaching a young boy some contorted life lessons before being taken in by a compassionate vet tech named Don Weiner. Don reunites with someone from her past and sits off on a road trip, picking up some depressed mariachis along the way. Weiner Dog then encounters a floundering film professor as well as an embittered elderly woman and her, elderly woman and her needy granddaughter, all longing for something more. So these <laughs> characters are all comforted by a wiener dog and it's from Todd Solons who directed Welcome to the Dollhouse which is excellent and subsequently directed less excellent films like Happiness and Life During Wartime, Dark Horse. And the Don Wiener in this film is not the Don Wiener played by Heather Heather Monterazzo in Welcome to the Dollhouse. It's just another Don Wiener as Solon's is known for recasting characters with the same um, name. Yes, and and Greta Gerwig is Yeah. So in the cast, that's Greta Gerwig, Kieran Culkin, Danny DeVito, Alan Burstyn, Julie Delpy, and Zosia Mamet. So this seems to be a departure from what Todd Solon's has been doing in the the past decade for the sake of perhaps making a decent
1: film. That's probably a good thing.
0: Yes. I mean, he he did, uh, I think his last decent film was storytelling, which, um, which features Conan O'Brien. I'm not in on this one. I'm out. Uh, I keep giving Todd Solon's chances and I'm going to give him another chance. All right. Speaking of which I mentioned Conan appears in storytelling. I, I've always, I've, for, for a long time, I've wanted to do this bit where called the uh, Midnight Movies where film critics or maybe an acting coach, like a, like a panel, you have like a critic and you have an act, acting coach and maybe you just have a general person. They review performances of late night talk show hosts in films. And so it'd be like Conan in storytelling or David Letterman in Cabin Boy uh, John Stewart and half baked, etc someday someday i 'll do this i've been thinking about it for like fifteen years now it's just getting this panel together right. aside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number twenty six Swiss Army man alone on a tiny, deserted island, Hank has given up all hope of ever making it home again, but one day everything changes when a dead body washes ashore, and he soon realizes. It may be his last opportunity to escape certain death. Armed with his new quote-unquote friend and an unusual bag of tricks, the duo go on an epic adventure to bring Hank back to the woman of his dreams. (laughs) And Paul Dano plays Hank, and Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, plays the dead body. And this is directed by the, the duo who directed the video for Turn Down for What, which won... Best, uh, best Directing Video Music Award, MTV Video Music Award. So this is like a modern uh, Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> You're inclined to say that because you have a dead body and you have a, a live person interacting with the dead body. Um, I, I'm in on this just to see Daniel Radcliffe play a, a dead body for the whole film, right? And, and it's called Swiss Army Man, so I assume that <laughs> Paul Dano uses the body in different ways
1: as a tool obviously like in one fashion or another
0: i'm also confused like how is he using the like he's on an he's on an island and so the the dead body (laughs) helps him build a boat to get off the island or i don't
1: yeah i got i got to see this (laughs) You need to be filled in more. I am out on it. Uh,
0: oh no. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't think
0: it's. This really... reminds me of um, Son of Rambo. I just think it has the same aura to it, and I, and I, and I loved Son of Rambo. Okay, number twenty-seven, another non-premiere: The Lobster. It's the English-language debut of Yorgos Lanthimos, the director of Dogtooth, one of my favorite films ever. And in the, new, in the near future, single people uh, are arrested and transferred to the hotel. There they are obliged to find a matching mate in 45 days. If they fail, they are transformed into an animal of their choosing and released into the woods. A desperate man, played by Colin Farrell, escapes from the hotel to the woods, where The loners live and falls in love, although it is against their rules. And you've you've seen this? I I have seen this. I saw this at the Toronto International Film Festival. Had I not seen it, I would have been in. Okay. Uh, Despite Yorgos, Mr. Lanthimos' sophomore feature, Alps, which was not as good as Dogtooth, um, I, I couldn't resist this synopsis. And then, having seen it, mm, I'm on the fence. Yeah. I'm in and out.
1: I thought uh, that trailer made it look interesting. I have seen the trailer for this.
0: It's like the stuff at the hotel is very entertaining, but when he flees the hotel, it just it's 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 like a TV show that that it's writing on the fly. So it has a strong premise, and then. Doesn't really know where to go after that. It was like the la- this last season of Homeland, solid footing that just like doesn't d- doesn't know what to to do after a while.
1: Uh, yeah, based on just what I've heard, I would say I'm probably out. I may end up you're out
0: it. on this. Ooh, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I may end up seeing it at some point, but I I don't I don't think I it's mean, a strong it's, it's, contender. It's,
0: it's very it's funny, but
1: well, and it also has already premiered elsewhere so I'm trying to give something else a fair shake that actually is premiering at Sundance.
0: Yeah, I will be uh, above the table. I will be above the table out. Okay. All right, number 28, The Land of the Enlightened. A gang of Afghan kids from the Kuchi tribe dig out old Soviet mines and sell them to children working in a lapis lazuli mine. When not dreaming of the time when American troops withdraw... They keep tight control on the caravans smuggling the blue gemstones through the mountains. So young boys form wild gangs to control trade routes, sell explosives from mines left over from war, and climb rusting tanks as playgrounds, making the new rules of war based on the harsh landscape left to them. It was shot over five years on sixteen millimeter footage. It is a documentary. Oh, this is real. Yes. I think it's look at all these documentaries, right? Yeah. I think it's interesting. I just don't know that there's a f- a feature length to it. Like, so you see them, you see these gangs of young boys controlling trade routes and selling explosives, and then what? And in, in what language is this? Oh, Soviet, so it's, it's Russian. It's a, yeah. It's it's a it's, a, it's a Soviet. Um, yeah. And it's I mean, yeah, fil- yeah. it was filmed in Afghanistan. This dude oh, okay. spent five years filming these kids. All right. hmm. In or
1: out? I'm going to say out. I think, I think so far some of the other document, documentaries that we've talked about are seem a little bit stronger. Yeah,
0: I just, I'm intrigued, but I don't think there's enough here. So I'm out. All right, number 29, The Blackout Experiments. A group of, oh, let's see here. A group of friends discover the dark underworld of the ultra-scary psychosexual horror experience called Blackout. But what starts as a thrill ride through the unknown becomes deeply personal, developing into an obsession that hijacks their lives and blurs the line between reality and paranoid fantasy. So this is a documentary. So and Blackout is a um, real experience. You arrive at a secret location at a precise time, prompted by a mysterious email. You must follow the instructions closely once inside. Disturbing visions begin. Unspeakable acts befall you, often frightening, sometimes sensual, possibly painful, each stimulating your deepest fears. And when it's over, you are changed, abandoned, and left wondering what is real and what was merely a game. Have you heard of Blackout? Never. Is is a thing people do. <laughs> I think it's like escape rooms, but instead of escaping from a room, you show up and I wonder like, because I, I, I Googled this and there are like people blogging about their experience doing blackout. And I, I read a bit about a, a, a blackout event happening in the same building as um, an attraction based on The Purge film. So is it a haunted house? Is it like, I assume they're in complete darkness. That would make well via the name it, that would make sense. But then, like you think, okay. So I I remember watching that um, game show Total Blackout, and they would have people like touch stuff in tanks, and sometimes it would be like a, a hairbrush, and they get they freak out. Or sometimes it would be like cockroaches, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, having not been familiar with this blackout thing before. I, I guess I don't know what to expect. I don't really know what is being done to these people.
0: Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like it could be really cool or it could be really lame. It could be, it could be like, like...
1: Is it Joe Rogan in there and he's like, hey, put your hand in this box. And then yeah, they, like, like, they, they throw spaghetti your hand, on your head. and
0: Or like a haunted house where, you know, put your hand in this bowl. Ooh, it's brains. Really. Yeah. But, again... I mean, I, I'm kind of... I, I love films about games. I'm in on this. Basically, I, I think I'm in. What a documentary. Sl- I, I thought Sundance was a week, but just going through the films. All right. And number 30, Yoga Hosers from Kevin Smith. This is his follow-up to Tusk. And it is part, like of, it. How, it is like, part like of how Tar- Like how Tarantino is just making Westerns now. Kevin Smith is just making... Low-budget films set in Canada. This one is an independent film set in a Canadian convenience store. Uh, Colette, Col- Colleen, oh, and it's 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 about the two convenience store clerks, as seen in Tusk, played by Kevin Smith's daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. So Colleen Colette and Colleen McKenzie are teenage besties from Winnipeg who love yoga and live on their smartphones. But when the sophomores get invited to a senior party by the school hottie, the Colleens accidentally uncover an ancient evil buried beneath their Canadian convenience store.
1: You know, and I am familiar with this one from before. And I don't know. It's Kevin Smith. It's not going to be good, right?
0: Wait, what would you say is the last good Kevin Smith film? Oh, shit. I don't know. Did you it, like I, Zach and Miriam Make a Porno?
1: It was okay. It didn't feel like a Kevin Smith movie, though, but that's probably one What's reason. What's the one was... with
0: Bruce Willis' Cop Out?
1: Oh, Cop Out was bad. I saw that in the theater. I,
0: I saw Tusk uh, when it premiered at Toronto, and it's okay. I just don't know that I need a universe. <laughs> I need a universe. Well, in... Like a Tusk universe. In the A ne- shared universe, right?
1: Yeah, and the next one is Moose Jaws. Which is Jaws with the moose? All right. Where do you go? I mean, if you know that's the sort of thing he's doing, how can any of this stuff be any good? I, I'm At gonna end time, up. Like... I'm gonna end up seeing this movie, but am I in? Is this based on the other <laughs> movies we've talked about? Am I interested in seeing this over something else? Not really. In or out? I'm out. I'm out.
0: Okay. Hmm. Sometimes I wonder what is Kevin Smith doing, but at the same time, like he smokes weed all all day and and records podcasts. It's a pretty charmed life, right?
1: I've paid to see him record a podcast before. He did one here. <laughs> he did a Smodcast here, and it was not worth the money. It was awful. It
0: was stupid. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say mine too. All right. Okay, so. Why don't you go through? Why don't you read off the names on your list, and then I'll confer with my list, and then we go. In, we're going into the lightning round where we just go yes or no. All right. Well, so and just, now that we've we've gone through all the films, you have a sense of what's playing.
1: Okay. Um. So you want to start? Yeah, I've got the land. Uh. The greasy. Uh, yep. Okay.
0: Land. That's not going to be it. That's not it. It's not. That's not. That's not on my list. So it's not going to be a winner. All right
1: uh the greasy strangler mm.
0: how, how how high are
1: you on that one? i'm I, I think that's that's a top five for me all right keep going all right the lovers in the despot
0: I like that one
1: okay joshy you don't I'm even you don't have yet. that on your list right yeah okay tickled yeah I'm in on that one um, I'm real strong on tickled kate plays Christine and I'm kind of just lumping both of these together, and Christine. I think I think
0: we can call these Christine ones. Okay. I don't think
1: they're going to be our our choice to win. Okay. Lo and behold,
0: <laughs> the, the, the Herzog Internet the, film. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: strong on that one.
0: Okay. So I I have Slight, but you're not into that one, so that's not no. I happen. did I put slide on my list. Okay.
1: Um. You you can you, uh, you
0: sold me a little bit
1: on it, so uh, let,
0: let's let's call Slight. I don't. I think they're they're stronger ones. All right.
1: Um, green room, which we're kind of just eliminating.
0: Yes. Uh, dinner
1: with family. The Brett Gelman one. Uh, Is that going to be the I, best of the bunch? Probably no, not. Probably Is it going to be good? It's probably going to be good, but okay. Call that one. Yeah. All right. Morris from America. I don't think that's going to be the winner, but I I I'm into that one. And then blackout experiments.
0: Oh, you weren't in on Swiss Army Man?
1: No. no well, that, that. can I? I'm going to retroactively go
0: back and say I'm in on that one. <laughs> okay, and then the Blackout Sprint. So the yeah. ones that we 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 don't cross over. 31, the Rob Zombie film, it's not going to win. No. Skyladder, it's not going to win. I'll, however intriguing. Wiener Dog, it's me giving Todd Solon the benefit of the doubt. Maybe perhaps too many chances. Mm-hmm. And then Swiss Army Man is one I'm really high on that, that you waffled on Uh, I came back around all right okay so that leaves us with six let's go through them one more time then greasy strangler I don't think is among compared to the other ones we have so so, so the six we have left are the greasy strangler the lovers and the despot tickled the Herzog internet film Swiss army man and the blackout experiments I don't think it's going to be the blackout experiments okay we call that one I don't think it's going to be the Greasy Strangler. I'm not going to. (laughs) All right. So we're left with three documentaries and a narrative film. Okay. Our final four, will it be Kim Jong-il kidnaps a filmmaker and his ex-wife, a mysterious tickling society, hidden tickling facilities, a rabbit hole there, Herzog explains the internet or... Harry Potter plays a dead dude. Hmm.
1: Out of those ones, I think the strongest one, the one I'm most interested in seeing is probably the Herzog Internet one. Oh. But I don't think you are. I'll
0: get get rid of Kim Jong-il. Okay. We can get rid of that one. I think we can cross off this army, man. All right. It made the final four, all right? Okay. So it's down to...
1: Two documentaries.
0: Tickled and, lo and behold, Herzog and i think we have a stalemate i'm i think tickled is just has the edge on herzog explaining the internet man let me let me go back in
1: i mean i think tickled looks really good or it sounds good rather since we don't really
0: know what it looks like all right so one of us is to cave
1: i'm i'll cave and i'll i'll say tickled i think i'm strong on that one too i can right, cave so. on that
0: Our winner for our 2016 Sundance film, Royal Rumble, Tickled. Once again, a journalist stumbles upon a mysterious tickling competition. As he delves deeper into the vent, he comes up against fierce resistance, but that doesn't stop him from getting to the bottom of a story stranger than fiction. Hopefully... It gets picked up because it, it, yeah. may, it may be difficult to see otherwise, but that's it for this episode. Uh, you can find me, John, uh, on AdamRiff.com and on Twitter at AdamRiffs with an S at the end. And you can find me
1: on Twitter at Zombieologist as well as uh, our email address, which is audio at gmail.com. And we are actually now on iTunes as well. So if you uh, use any podcasting apps, should be indexed on there and you'll be able to find us by searching Backwash and subscribe to us easily that way. We will see you around next week. Peace. Peace.
0: I'm cat number one. I'm tons of fun. I'm cat number two. I'm cooler than you. I'm cat number three. I'm feeling free because I was just released from the penitentiary. I'm cat number four. I'll open the door to your mind, to your mind, to your mind, to your mind. I'm cat number eight. Ain't I great? I'm so great. I'm cat number a a a.